So this week, the, no, no, this summer, sorry, we walked 100 kilometers from the Mediterranean to the Sea of Galilee. Så sist sommer så så gick vi med en grupp ungdomar ifrån Middelhavet till Genesaretsjön. So when it says that Jesus walked all over the Galilee, I know what it means. Så när vi det står i bibeln att Jesus gick över hela Galilee så vet jag vad det betyder. It means heat. Det betyder varme. Uh, probably 40 degrees 40 grader on the upper Galilee level. På i övre Galilee är det 40 varme grader. It can be 44 degrees down in the Sea of Galilee. Eh och 44 grader. Anybody experience that? Nere i själve Galilee. Not a fun thing to do. Det är inte morsamt. And uh, we're talking about uh, blisters on the feet. Vi får knagsår. And this second section is um, from Mark chapter 8. And Jesus is walking with his disciples and they're, they're finishing their ministry up in the Galilee and now they're moving towards Jerusalem. And a lot of these things that we're reading in this portion are, are happening along the way. Och det som vi ser och läser om i den delen sker på vägen. Um, but one of the things that we find in the second section, and if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 8. Uh, om du har med uh, Bibel så slå upp uh, Markus kapitel 8. And this second section starts at Mark chapter 8 verse 27. Och den sista delen, den andra delen börjar i det 22:e verset i Markus 8. Jesus has just finished healing the the blind man. Han har akkurat avslutat och helbredde en blind en blind man. At Bethsaida which is right next to the Sea of Galilee. I Bethsaida som är rätt vid Genesaretsjön. And then they said that they walked up north. Och så står det att de går norrover. And they went to uh, the area of um, Caesarea Philippi. Och så går de mot Caesarea Philippi. Anybody been to Caesarea Philippi? Har någon varit där? Caesarea Philippi. It's a it's close to Tel Dan, which is just the most northern almost tip of Israel. Och det är i närheten av något som heter Tel Dan som är den överste spissen av Israel mot Libanon. And it was a big city that was created by the Romans. Där var det en romersk by byggd av romarna. And at this point Jesus is asking the disciples what's what's the word what are people saying about me? Och det var här Jesus spurte sig disciplarna vad säger folket om mig? And he turns to the disciples and they say um, some say you're John. Och de svarte någon säger att du är döpren Johannes. Some say you're Elijah. Någon säger du är Elias. Um, and Jesus says who do you say I am? Men Jesus spör vem säger dere att jag är? And uh, Peter says you are the Messiah. Och Peter säger du är Messias. And interesting, all this time he's walking with his disciples, he's teaching them, they're seeing his miracles. Och det speciella här är att Jesus har 
vært sammen med disiplene, og disiplene har sett uh, miraklene, og de har hørt han forkynne. It is unclear what the people are saying. Det er uklart hva folk sier. But Jesus really doesn't need the disciples to tell him what people are saying, because he he knows what they're thinking, he knows what they're saying. Men, uh, men Jesus trenger ikke at disiplene skal forklare hva folk sier, for det vet han jo selv. But he's really doing, he's leading his disciples into processing through this. Men han leder disiplene inn i en process som handler om dette. If he was to say that he's John, if, if, if they're thinking like, who's John the Baptist? Og hvis folket sier han er egentlig uh, Johannes døperen. John the Baptist was the precursor of the Messiah. Så var jo Johannes døperen forløperen for Kristus Messias. Who is Elijah? Som igjen er Elias. Well, we read in the book of Malachi that Elijah is also the precursor of the Messiah. Malachias sier at Elias er også, profeten Elias, er også en forløper for Kristus. And actually, when we say John the Baptist and Elijah... In, in, in Matthew chapter 10 and 11, it's actually, Jesus says it's the same guy. Or it's the same purpose. Which chapter was that? That was in uh, Matthew chapter 10 and 11. In Matthew's Evangelium, so story in chapter 10 and 11, that Jesus and Elias are the same. No, that Dupen Johannes and Elias are the same. But Peter says you are the Messiah. Men Peter sier du er Messias. In Matthew actually we find that Jesus says to to Peter he turns around and says Peter it is not man that has told you it is God that has shown you this. Men uh, Matteus sier også at Jesus sier til Peter dette har du ikke kommet på av deg selv. And you det er are Gud som har Mint deg på hvem, det du nå sier. And it says, and you are Peter, and on this rock I will build this church. Og så sier Jesus, du er Peter, på denne klippen vil jeg bygge min kirke. Now some theologians or Bible scholars will say, did he mean Peter? And Noen is... av de teologiske professorene sier at han mener Peter her. Or this statement is the rock. But Jesus warns them not to speak not about it. Men Jesus dem mot å om dette. And I, I'm going I'm to stop at some portions of this text. But between chapter 8 and chapter 10... What we find is the disciples are traveling with Jesus up to Jerusalem. Men i kapitel 8 til kapitel 10 så så reiser de da de går på vei opp til Jerusalem. But they don't get it. Men de forstår ikke dette. They're confused. De er forvirret. Even though Peter says you're the Messiah. Selv om uh, Peter har sagt du er Messias. What what's Peter thinking when he says you're the Messiah? Så hva er det han egentlig tenker da når han sier at Jesus er Messias? You see, Jewish people throughout history are waiting for the Messiah. Uh, jødene opp gjennom historien venter på Messias. 
the Messiah is going to be the reigning son of David, the descendant of David that will restore the kingdom to Israel. Jødene mener at Messias er Davids sønn som skal gjenopprette kongedømmet i Israel. So when, Jesus, so when Peter says, you are the Messiah, so når Peter sier du er Messias, he means something different than what Jesus knows that his role is as the so, Messiah. Så mener Peter noe annet og forskjellig fra det som Jesus tenker om å være Messias. And then in verse 31 of chapter uh, 8, i vers 31 i kapittel 8, Jesus starts to speak about the fact that he's going to go up to Jerusalem and he will suffer and he will actually die eventually. Så snakker Jesus om at han er nå på vei opp til Jerusalem for å lide og dø. And that he will rise again after three days. Og at han vil stå opp igjen etter tre dager. And Peter is thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Og Peter sier, hva i all verden er det du snakker om? You think I left my business and everything I had in life just to come after you up to Jerusalem so that you can go and die on the cross? Tror du at jeg forlot alt jeg hadde, business og alt sammen, bare for å se deg dø i Jerusalem? You see, Peter and the disciples had different expectations of Jesus. Peter og resten av disiplene hadde annerledes forventninger til Jesus. But we know, and we know from scripture from Isaiah 53, about the Messiah and the suffering Messiah. Men vi vet også fra det gamle testamentet fra Isaiah 53 om den lidende Messias. Isaiah 53 talks about he who has been sent from God, who is above all, yet has come to give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Men Isaiah 53 snakker om Jesus som kom fra himmelen med all makt for å lide og dø. Jesus then tells his disciples, well, he then turns to Peter. Så vender Jesus seg til Peter. And Peter sier, says, Jesus, what are you talking about? I'm not willing to follow this. Are you, what are you, crazy? You got to stop talking this way. Og Peter sier, du må slutte å snakke på den måten. Du er gal. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Og Jesus sier, vik bak meg, Satan. Just a minute ago, på et minutt siden, Peter was up here. Så var Peter her oppe. Yeah, Peter, you're the man. You you know the truth. Oh, Peter, trodde at han var det som den som visste sannheten. Yeah, he's he's one of ours. He knows exactly, right? Oh, han vet hva dette dreier seg om. And the next thing you know, Jesus calls him Satan. Og så kaller plutselig Jesus han for Satan. Or he or or maybe an instrument of Satan. Eller et 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 instrument av brukt av Satan. You know, this seems to be Peter's um, standard. And some people think that Peter doesn't know what he's talking about. But I believe that Peter knew what he's talking about. All Peter's problem was the timing. 
Men det var timingen som var Peters problem. So then um, Jesus starts to talk to his disciples. Så snakker Jesus til disiplene. And he says it's not just about me. Det så sier han det er ikke bare om meg. I will go and I will suffer and I will die and I will rise again. Men jeg vil gå og jeg vil lide og dø og gjenoppstå. But Jesus says also you must deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. Men så sier han dere må også fornekte dere selv, ta opp korset og følge meg. And when Jesus says you must deny one must deny himself. Och när Jesus säger du må förnekte dig själv. What does this mean? Vad betyder det? To be to be able to lay aside my personal um, desires, my personal even my personal needs. Det betyder att man må lägga till sida personliga önskemål och behov. Or maybe to get out of this rat race of this world and put away the the ambitions of this life and when jesus says to take up his cross you know we all know today what it means to take up the cross because we saw Jesus do it and we Men read about it and we learned Jesus, about it, right? Vi så Jesus gjør det og vi har hørt om det. This is before Jesus himself was on the cross. Men dette er før det alt det skjedde. So actually Jesus is telling his disciples something that was unreasonable for them at the time. They didn't understand because he didn't already go through it to give them the example. Og dette var altså før dette skedde, og det var på en måte urimelig av Jesus å forlange at de skulle forstå dette før det hadde skjedd, og før Jesus hadde gitt dem dette eksempelet. That was crazy! Det var galskap. What are you talking about, Hva Jesus? Hva er det du snakker om, Jesus? What? You, you want us to drink the Kool-Aid? Vil, vil du at vi skal drikke denne saften? Do you remember the story? The Kool-Aid story, anybody? No? Har dere hørt denne historien? A group of people that went after this guy and he, they poisoned with cyanide the Kool-Aid and everybody committed suicide. Ja, det er en fra Sør-Amerika hvor de drakk en sånn saft og begikk kollektivt selvmord. And what we find is over and over the disciples are not understanding Jesus. Og vi ser igjen stadig vekk at Disciplene forstår ikke egentlig Jesus. Because what Jesus is talking about is something so much greater than what the disciples were hoping for. For men fordi at uh, Jesus snakker om noe som er mye større enn det som uh, disiplene håpet på. Here's an example. Her er et eksempel. In chapter 9. I kapittel 9. Jesus continues to speak and he, he takes the disciples and he walks up the mountain. Så tar Jesus, mens han fortsetter å snakke til dem, så går de opp fjellet. This is six days later. Seks dager senere. Some archaeologists think that maybe Jesus hung around there for six days and then went up the mountain. Noen mener at han var i det området i seks dager og så gikk opp på fjellet. But if we walk for 40 kilometers for six days, we will get probably to Mount Tabor. 
Men hvis vi går i seks dager, så kommer vi til, til Mount Tabor. And this is why some people have anybody been to Mount Tabor in Jerusalem in the Galilee, right? And they think that maybe this is the Mount of Transfiguration. So can it happen that this is what is called Transfiguration in Norwegian? Forvandling, what? Forvandling, yeah. Jesus chooses three guys to go up with him. But Jesus takes three. Til menn, til der. Peter, Jakob and Johanan. Peter, Jakob og Johannes. And he goes up into the up to the mountain and he changes in, in front of their eyes. Og de er oppe på fjellet og han blir forvandlet foran dem. And they're going, wow, this is amazing. Yes. Og Jesus. Sier, Dette er fantastisk. Jesus is is in his full glory. Nu är Jesus ser i Jesus i hans fulla helighet. And and all of a sudden look who's showing up. Moses and Elijah. Och så är Moses och Elias samma man. I think this is a very um interesting thing. They they just thought that Jesus was Elijah and here Elijah shows up. Och de trodde att Jesus var Elias men nu kommer Jesus och Elias som två människor. But what does it mean if Jesus is with Elijah and Moses? Vad betyder det att Jesus är samma med Elias och Moses? So we just heard we just talked about that Elijah is the precursor for the Messiah. Vi, we find it in the book of Malachi. Vi, vi ser att Jesus eller eller Elias är förlöpen för Jesus i Malachi. And Moses. Och Moses. Moses didn't enter into the land. Moses kom ju inte in i Israel första gången. Moses got left behind in Mount Nebo. Och han blev värnad igen på fjellet Nebor på gränsen till Jordan. The children of Israel entered into the promised land, but Moses that led them the whole way did not enter into the land until now. Och Moses som hade ledet Israels folk genom mörkenen i 40 år. Uh, han kom inte in då israeliterna gick in i landet, men han kom nå på Tabor. I think it's exciting. Detta är verkligen morsamt. Um, you know, you think, oh, poor Moses. He he walked for 40 years in the desert. At the age of 120, he died in the desert. Never got a chance to see the promised land. Och han uh, hade då stackars Moses som hade gått i 40 år i runt i öknen ledet folket och var 120 år då han stod på gränsen så kom han inte in och fick inte se löftelandet. Well, this is a glimpse of the faithfulness of God. Moses är ett ögonblicksbild av uh, Guds uh, rättfärdighet. Moses did not only get an opportunity to enter into the land. Han fick inte bara en möjlighet att komma in i landet, but to be in the land during the most critical and the most amazing point in time and history. Men också var där på det mest viktiga punkten i historien. This is why it's amazing to look at this book as one book of God's eternal plan and purpose, and just the fact that Moses didn't enter in many years ago. He still has a promise to be entered in 
with the Messiah. Och det som är er fantastiskt med denna boken, den innehåller hela Guds plan. Det är er en enhet i detta, hvor vi också ser att Moses kommer in i det lovade landet sammen med Messias. I don't know, to me that's very encouraging. Det är er, uh, väldigt uh, de, de gir, uh, mot och uppmuntring och tänker på detta. Cuz when we look at the simplicity of our life, what do we have? 70, 80, 90, 100 years to live on this earth. Vi har ett enkelt liv. Vi lever i uh, 70-100 år som man säger uh, på denna jorden. Um, God is uh, faithful and his faithfulness is greater than the years that I will live on this earth. Gud är er trofast och han är er mer trofast än bara de åren som vi lever här. It extends beyond my personal experience and my personal vision. Det Guds trofasthet övergår uh, vår egen vision. <clears throat> so, let's go back to our text a second. So Peter turns around and he says, "Wow, this is amazing." Så säger då Peter, "Detta är er ju fantastiskt det synen de ser av dessa tre." I have an idea. Jag har en idé. Let's let's build three tabernacles. Och han säger, "Nu har jag en idé. Låt oss bygga tre hytter. One for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah." En för var av dem Jesus, Moses och Elias. Now you think uh, Peter again speaking nonsense. Och nu tror du fest att nu snackar Jesus, nu snackar Peter över sig. What's the deal? Just shut up. Vad är er det för en hållkäft? Well, Peter isn't as stupid sometimes as we think. Uh, Peter är er inte så dum som vi någon gång tror. You see in Malachi in in the book of Amos chapter 9. I uh, profeten Amos i kapitel 9. It talks about the fact that um, God on those final days on the restoration of Israel and the land he says and I will erect I will rise up again the fallen tabernacle of David och där i den texten så snackar uh, profeten uh, Amos och Gud genom han om att i de sista tider så ska jag genupprätta rike för Israel ved och genuppbygge Davids tabernakel eller Davids tempel. He says I will I will restore the kingdom of Israel and and David's descendants will be the rulers again. Jag vill genupprätta rike och Davids efterkommare vill härska. And in verse 15 of chapter 9 of Amos it says, and I will also plant them on their land, and they will not again be rooted out from their land, which I have given to them, says the Lord your God. This is his promise for, for, for Israel, for the people, for the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I vers 15 så sier han, Jeg planter dem atter i egen jord, de skal ikke mer rykkes opp av sitt land, Så som jag har gett dem säger Herren din Gud. You see, um, Peter was not stupid. Peter var inte dum. When he sees Moses enter into the land, när han ser att Moses är er kommit in i landet, 
when he sees Elijah which is the precursor of the Messiah and he sees Christ in his glory he, he says what the, the, what the disciples said in, in Acts he says is it now that you will return the kingdom to the land så spør han Jesus som også han gjorde i apostlenes gjerninger gjenoppretter du nå riket for Israel And this is why the Feast of Tabernacles is so important for this time. Och det är fördi att det som vi på norsk heter Lövhyttefesten är så viktig för denna denna tiden. You see the Feast of Tabernacles is the celebration of the coming of the Messiah and the restoration of the kingdom of God on earth. Och Lövhyttefesten det handlar om Messias av på jorden. And that's why Peter says, "Let's build tabernacles." Och det är då när han ser detta att Peter säger, "Låt oss bygga dessa tabernaklar eller lövhyttene som vi kallar det på norsk." It's Sukkot. You know the word Sukkot? No. The Feast of Tabernacles. <laughs> well, you need to learn it. <laughs> okay. Sukkot är alltså då uh, the feast of tabernacles som heter på engelska och på norsk heter det lövhyttefesten. By the way, today is the last day of Sukkot. Idag denna söndagen så är det den sista dagen i Sukkot som judarna firar. Det sker idag nu. Today is the last and the greatest day of the feast of tabernacles. Så är idag är den sista och stora dagen i lövhyttefesten i den judiska kalendern. What happened on the on the last and greatest day of the feast of tabernacles? Do you remember? Vad var det som skedde på den sista dagen i lövhyttefesten? Anyone remember? Någon som huskar det? John tells us about it. Apostlen Johannes berättar om det. And um, according to the Jewish calendar, it is today. It says on the greatest day of the, and the last day of the Feast of Tabernacle, Jesus went into the temple. På den sista dag i lövetefesten så gick Jesus in i templet. And he said, "If anyone thirsts, he shall come to me, and I will give them him, him living water." Och han säger, "Vis någon törster, han ska komma till mig och jag vill ge han levande vatten." And he says, and living water will flow from within him. Do you remember these verses? It happened on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, on On the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles in the temple, på den sista dagen i lövetefesten i templet the high priest would march all the way down to the pool of siloam så ville yppersta prästen gå ner till siloadammen and there was people singing and the 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 um Folk all sang. the yeah they would blowing the horns and and blowing the trumpets och de ville blåsa i blåsinstrumentet trumpeter och horn And they were singing all the way down from the book of Isaiah about drawing the water of life from the fountains of salvation. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
de ville synge om det och dra levande vatten som är er frälsens vatten. And they take the water from the from the pool of Siloam. Och de tar vattnet från Siloadammen. And they walk all the way back up to the temple. Och de går upp igen till templet. And the high priest would take a big jug of water. Och så vill huvudpresten ta en stor mugge med vatten. And a big jug of uh, wine. Och en stor krukke med vin. And he would pour it. It's called the nesich. He would pour it together on the on the burning altar. Och så vill han blanda hälla dessa två vin och vatten på altaret var det brant en flamma. A big cloud of mist would enter into the air. Och dessa två väskorna ville då fördampa och lägga en sky över hela. And at that point, Jesus stands up in front of all the people, and he says, "If anyone is thirsty, he shall come to me." Och så i den situationen så säger Jesus i templet, "Vis någon törstar, han kommer till mig." You see, it's not it's not random that Jesus gets up on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles and says these things. Det är er inte tillfälligt att Jesus säger akkurat detta på den dagen. What does Jesus continue that uh, he continues and he says, "I am the light of the world," right? He says it in the same chapter in John. Så säger Jesus i det samma kapitel, "Jag är er världens ljus." Because the feast, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, it was big lights and big lamps, and there was a big celebration of water and light. Och hela denna festen är en fest om vatten och ljus. De har massor lampor och ljus överallt och vatten. So I'm just connecting you. Peter was not stupid when he said, "Let us build the tabernacles." Och igen. Så minner jeg om at, jeg, at Peter ikke var dum når han sa la oss bygge løvhytter. You see, the only problem was his timing. Det var bare timingen som var problemet. And this was the problem of the disciples throughout this, this portion of scripture. Og, og det var disciplenes problem i det hele tatt i denne delen av evangeliet. They're, they're, they're wanting to hear about the saving Messiah that will, that will kick out the Roman rule from the land. De var upptatt av att höra om Messias som skulle kasta ut romarna. But Jesus was talking about suffering on the cross. Men Jesus snackade om att dö på korset. Jesus was talking about taking up the cross and following. Jesus snackade om att ta upp korset och följa. Jesus, a young man comes to Jesus and he says, "What do I do in order to to receive the the kingdom of heaven?" Uh, den unge mannen som vi husker som kom till Jesus och spurte vad kan jag göra för att arva evig liv? And Jesus says, "Go give away everything that you have. Come and follow me." Jesus sa, "Gå och ge bort allt du har och kom så och följ mig." And he walks away. Och han går bort. He wasn't able or willing to give up. Han var inte villig att ge upp. You see, his timing, even his timing was wrong. Timingen hans var gal. He thinks every, everything is that you gotta keep, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, have it work out for you now in these days. Det som vi tänker på hela tiden är er att vi måste behålla allt och vi måste söka för att allt funkar för oss nu. And Jesus's whole message is that if you're gonna try and keep it, you're gonna lose it. Och Jesu budskap är, er, om du försöker, om du är er upptatt av att behålla det, så mister du det. If you're gonna try and save your life for your own goodness, you may as well just let it go. 
Hvis du er opptatt av å redde livet ditt, så må, kan du like bare gi opp. And Jesus is telling his disciples, I want everything. Og Jesus sier til sine disipler, jeg vil ha alt. But again and again and again, we find the disciples, they just are not getting it. They're not understanding. En, og igjen og igjen så ser vi det at disiplene misforstår. Jesus is talking about dying and rising from the dead. Jesus snakker om å dø og stå opp igjen. And he knows that the disciples are talking between them. Og uh, han vet at disiplene snakker seg imellom. And he goes, what are you guys talking about? Og han spør, hva er det dere snakker om? And what does it say in Mark? Hva sier det i Markus? It says, they were afraid to tell him what they were talking about. Og der står det at de var redde for å si til Jesus hva de egentlig hadde snakket om. Of course they were afraid. Selvfølgelig var de redde. When Peter told him what he thought, når Peter fortalte Jesus hva han sa, hva han trodde, what did he tell him? Hva sa Jesus da til han? Get behind me, Satan. Vik bak meg, Satan. Who wants to take that risk again to be called, hey, get behind me, Satan? Og de var ikke interessert i å ta en sånn risiko igjen og bli kalt Satan. Or once again, the, the, the disciples are walking and they're talking, and now they're thinking, who's going to be the greatest in heaven? No, I'm going to sit to the right. No, no, you're going to sit on the left. I'm going to sit on the right. Og det de hadde snakket om var da hvem som skulle være størst i, når de kom til himmelen, hvem skulle sitte på høyre og venstre side av Jesus. And Jesus says, what in the world are you talking about? Og Jesus sier, hva i all verden er det dere snakker om? Don't you know that he is going to be the first, will be the last, and the last will be the first? Vet ikke at de første skal bli de siste, og de siste de første? You have it upside down. Dere har det helt motsatt. You don't understand. Dere forstår ikke. But they will go into Jerusalem. Men så går de inn i Jerusalem. And from verse uh, 11, you'll find them actually entering already into Jerusalem. Og fra vers 11 så er de inne i Jerusalem. And at that point, you sh Jesus um, will make clear to them and they will understand. På det punktet så vil Jesus gjøre det klart for dem, og de vil forstå. I'm going to finish with an example. Jeg skal slutte med et eksempel. <clears throat> Um, as I work with teenagers, a lot of times, uh, one of our struggles is, do they fully understand the full picture? Når jeg jobber med tenåringer, så er jeg ofte så lurer jeg på, forstår de egentlig hva vi snakker om? Like the disciples during this time, they had little glimpses and pieces of, of the gospel and the truth. Og på samme måte som uh, disiplene, så har disse tenåringene biter av bilde og biter av sannheten. But Men de kanskje ikke hele bildet. But the clear picture was not there yet. Det, det klare, store bildet er ikke der. And the, one of the examples I use in, in youth ministry en av de eksemplene som jeg bruker i ungdomsarbeidet that sometimes us as Christians we live this way. Det er at noen ganger så lever vi som kristne på denne måten. And I hope you understand this example, but it's like a young boy going into a toy store. Det er som en ung liten gutt som går inn i en leketøysforretning. And he sees a puzzle. Så ser han et puslespill. Has anybody made a puzzle? Everyone makes puzzles, right? Alle har gjort det å lege puslespill. I hate puzzles. 
Min kone sier at jeg har en sånn disorder. It doesn't matter. Han greier ikke å holde fokuset veldig lenge om gangen. So a young man goes into the store and grabs a puzzle off the shelf and it's in the box and it's closed with the plastic. Og denne unge gutten tar dette puslespillet i boksen og det er plastik rundt boksen. He sees the picture and he buys into it. He knows, wow, this is somewhere in the world there's a mountain that looks like this and I love it and it's great and I believe that there is a mountain like this somewhere in the world so I'm going to buy this puzzle. Så han ser på dette bildet på utsiden av boksen hvor han puslespillet blir og det er på et fjell og han sier at jeg vet at dette finnes og dette synes jeg er flott og jeg skal kjøpe denne boksen and like a lot of our teenagers and sometimes adults too that box sits on the shelf most of our life og som tenåringene de lar denne boksen sitte på hylla we love it, we adore it, we clean it every now and then so that it doesn't get too much dust og vi vi elsker denne boksen, og vi tørker støv av den. But what we need to do, and this is what the disciples have not done yet, is open up the box and turn it over. Det som vi trenger å gjøre, og som disiplene trenger å gjøre, det er å åpne denne boksen og snu den opp ned. And we need to start putting the pieces together. Og så må vi putte disse bitene sammen. You see, when you open up a... A puzzle, and you start putting it together. What do you start with? Oh, når du da begynner på et puslespill, hvad er det du begynder med da? Puzzle makers, what do you start with? The corners. Ja, og du begynder altid med hjørne. And then the sides, the outskirts, right? And that's that's also true in our faith. There's stuff that are inside, and there's stuff that are outside. But one of the things that's amazing and and fun about opening a box of a puzzle is you find out that the puzzle is much bigger than the picture that was on the box, right? Så vi begynner å ta rammene og så finner vi ut at bildet er mye større enn det som var på utsiden. And it's all of a sudden you need to the little table that you thought that you could make the puzzle, you get to slide it onto a bigger table where it has much more space to work on. Du må noen ganger få dette over på et større bord, for det er ikke plass nok der du begynte. And then you start putting the pieces together. Så begynner du å putte disse bitene sammen. And in the beginning it's very difficult and it's hard and you don't know and you don't know where to start, but you start with the most easy areas like that are along the sides or certain items that are floating in the middle of the puzzle, right? Du begynner med det som er enkelt, men det er ofte vanskelig i begynnelsen. And I believe that that's the way God is leading us sometimes and growing us in the knowledge to understand the bigger picture. Jeg tror at Gud ofte bruker denne måten å tenke på for å lede oss inn i forståelse av det store bildet. Like the disciples, we have pieces and parts that we're not sure sometimes how they fit together. Som disiplene så har vi biter og deler og vi er ikke helt sikre på hvordan dette henger sammen. The disciples' knowledge and timing was limited. 
disciplenes kunskap och timing var begränsat. But we have the knowledge and the timing. Men vi right har uh, kunskapen och timingen i Bibeln. And I believe that we can follow and we can learn and we can grow and we can put these pieces in our life in a way that the disciples weren't able to do. Och jag tror att vi kan putta samman dessa bilder och bitarna och och lära vi har läst bibeln på en måte som disciplerna inte var i stånd till. So um, your next portion is you're moving on to the enlightenment of the disciples. Och den nästa delen som det ska in i det är när disciplerna börjar att förstå detta. And I pray that we as a church as a community we learn to put these pieces together. Och jag ber om att vi som kristen fällskap må lära och putta dessa bitarna samman. Um and just like the disciples you know that they're they're called to follow Jesus and to take up the cross. Och på samma sätt som disciplerna så är vi kallade till och följa Jesus och ta upp korset. And may God give us the wisdom to know how to see and follow his example. Och Gud ge oss visdom till att följa hans exempel. So let's close in prayer and uh, move on. Lord, I thank you for this uh, morning. I thank you for this opportunity. Herre, jag tänker jag tackar för denna dagen och denna morgon och denna möjligheten. I thank you Lord that the people like the disciples were following Jesus and even though they didn't understand at the time. Jag tackar för att disciplerna följde Jesus även om de inte alltid förstod vad de var med på. You have left us with this record so that we can see where they have gone through and and be ahead and put the timing together and understand the big picture. Och du har gett oss denna historien i bibeln så att vi kan förstå både timingen och allt på en bättre måte. Please Lord speak to our life. Draw us closer to you. Herre, snakk til oss i vårt liv og trekk oss nærmere deg. Amen. Amen.